What's up, world? This is Call Me Cleave, bringing you episode 19 called Jersey City's in the House. And this is my first time doing an interview with the lovely Rescue Poetics. Thank you, Cleve. How you doing? Good. I'm all right. You know, it's cold outside for this March day, but it's hot in here because we've got two hours of some of the hottest house music. Now, over the course of this show, I'll be interviewing Rescue Poetics, and we'll be talking about the state of house music, state of the country was happening and we'll also be featuring some of her tracks so you surely don't want to go anywhere so why don't you take this time to shut the office door turn your speakers up a little bit or roll up the car window do what you gotta do so that you can settle into this groove as we get started here with scott diaz and i'm sorry it's been a minute y'all but i've been busy in the studio doing other things but just like the song says i got a feeling and i got a feeling for house Sit back, relax, and let's go.
I'm in the studio with Rescue Poetics, the lovely Susan from Jersey City, because Jersey City is in the house. And let's talk some house music, Susan. Who are some of your favorite producers out there today? Oh, uh, if I were to select, there'd be quite a few of them. There are some really hot up-and-coming producers. Um, one of my all-time favorites is Maria Dark. Okay. She tends to be more techno and more tech house. Okay. She's got a vibe about her that's just insane. Okay. Um, Carlos Mena is one of my favorites. Uh, Casa Mena, uh, at jazz, mm -hmm. uh, Bodhisattva. Um, and then there are the, some producers that I've worked with and I've been very fortunate to work with, like okay. Paso Doble, okay. uh, Fotis out of um, Greece, and a uh, few others. Um, Philip Hooten out of the UK, and um, there's a Japanese crew in uh, that I did a track called Basement Stomp with. Okay. as just amazing, just amazing. There's so much talent out there, it's even hard to even quantify just how good it is. Okay, I hear you. When did you become a spoken word artist and when did you fall in love with house music? Tell me about that voyage. I've been writing ever since I can remember. Writing, reading, fascinated by the written word. Um, ever since I can hold a pencil, I've been doing it. Uh, my introduction to house music or to today's house music, I should say, because it's not the same as it was mm -hmm. in Larry LeVan's day. Yeah. <laughs> was an introduction here in Jersey City. Okay. And that's what made me move to Jersey City. Uh, okay. I'm originally from Patterson, and I was introduced to the poetry and house underground scene here in Jersey City mm -hmm. through uh, the Waterbug Hotel, which was an open mic that was held here. Okay. Um, I fell in love. And I ran away from home, uh -huh. and I came to Jersey City, and that was it. I've been here ever since. Wow. And my that introduction was also at the dawning of uh, internet radio stations for house music. Okay. Uh, things like Face the Bass, Cyber Jams, and all the other radio stations that were developing and up and coming. Okay. I was in the chat room, uh, and I was listening to a DJ play, DJ Rich Fontanes. Okay. Um, and he played something by Mundi Michuda. And I said, you know, I want to do that. And I typed that in the chat room. And he said, oh, you do? Uh -huh. Let me introduce you to Joe Flame. Uh -huh. And that's how that worked out. And that was my first release was in 2011. Wow, okay. Now, do you remember what was the first song or songs that set it off for you housewives that like made your ears perk up? Was there a particular tune or more the vibe, the people? I'd have to say the vibe and the people. Okay. It's so open and uh -huh. so accepting and just so warm and welcoming. Uh-huh. Um, everyone can relate to house music. Yeah. And that's what attracted me to it. It, uh, it came at a time where things were changing in my life, as it happens with most people. Uh-huh. And um, because my kids were grown up and it was time for me to go out on my own, mm -hmm. time for me to fly the list. That just happened at the same time. And it just became something that I fell in love with house. Now, okay. of course, prior to that, I had listened to Latin music and uh, freestyle music and anything that was on the radio. Mm -hmm. But this was something entirely different. I got you, yeah, it is. <laughs> it totally is. And the thing that I love about it is that I've worked with some great R&B singers. And when we've worked on house mixes together, remixes, they said, this is so much more freeing than singing over R&B, whereas R&B, 
they felt they had to stay in the pocket, sort of with the groove. And they said, with this, I can just go. And I said, yes, that's what I'm asking you to do is like, it's okay, wail if you have to. And we've heard the people, you know, the great singers that can wail and go to church for us. Right. And that's fantastic. And then there's also an art form though, where somebody who goes back and forth, they give you the lows and the highs, their range, doesn't stay in one thing. So I can really appreciate, you know, your sentiments um, about that and just, the vibe. I mean, wherever I go around the world, everybody can relate to house. And I will tell you too, I got secrets on a lot of these hip hop heads that came up in the 90s. They used to hang out at Tunnels and Marv before. So we know that it's like you have the red zipper outfits and you used to be able to do <laughs> some of those house dances. Well, think about it. Hip hop, rap and house music have a long relationship um, because they all came about at the same time for the same reason. It's a form of rebellion in a way. Mm -hmm. against what was actually going on with music. The, at that time, we didn't have the term, but the gentrified music, where you were then told to follow pop music. Mm -hmm. And that's still happening today. But the voice of house, the voice of hip hop, the voice of rap was then developing and creating and created a whole other culture that no one had ever seen before. Exactly. Sound can hold them. Sound lifts them. They bang. Beneath them, arms touch rhythm as it swings through, enticing souls to move, enticing souls to move. Bodies breathe in tandem, natural as walking around them, set loose by melodic gems, free to lift, turn, and then they bang.
spirit as it builds on brings experiences and deeds in the forms of chords and strings and on they bang and on Well, that's actually a song that was produced by Jahad Muhammad, uh, Movement Soul Recordings. And uh, Jahad Muhammad is a very well-known DJ uh, in New Jersey specifically, but globally. And the purpose of this song was to capture the feel of his party called Bang the Drum. Um, When we first discussed doing a track together, I went to his party, to the party Bang the Drum, to get a feel of the relationship of the dancers to the DJ. Okay. Because it is house music. I mean, yeah. There is a relationship there. Oh, for sure. Every time. Absolutely. Right. So in being there, if you listen to the lyrics, um, it's all about that relationship that I saw happening. Uh-huh. Where the dancer connects to the DJ and gets lost in the music. And the DJ is communicating through music to the dancer uh-huh. and uplifting them. And as a result, you can. There were moments where you could hear people banging on the floor, uh-huh. and so it's not only the banging of the drum; it's also the banging of your spirit opening up Absolutely. to become part of this culture and to lose yourself in this culture. Yes, yes, I can't agree with you more because I remember the first time I heard Frankie Knuckles. I was invited by a coworker at Sony Music, and my ignorant behind came late to the whole party, and. I walked into the Sound Factory bar on West 21st Street in New York City and it forever changed my life. Just the the vibration, the music, the people, the flex of R&B put over this pulsating heartbeat, it just blew my mind away. And especially the way he played. And from that point forward, I would go almost every Friday like it was church. And that's what it is for a lot of people. And really, it wasn't about a lot of partying. You sort of have a couple of drinks, but it's like you bring a washcloth or a little towel and sweat. 
it's this right. is just <laughs> and that's your drug and that is is it and you need nothing else and it's also the requisite you know depending on your height three to four feet of space to be able to dance because it's not a lot of one two step unless I'm angry and I don't like the song selection then I'll start tapping my foot which is rare depending on who it is but most house music puts me in a certain mood and what I love about traveling around the world to a lot of these festivals is hearing and seeing people respond to it it's amazing to me that Europeans love soulful house music more than it seems Americans do like they eat it there for breakfast every day whereas here it seems to follow like we were talking about before sort of like what's dictated in the music industry whether it's hip-hop or mumble rap which sort of pushed towards a younger demographic but I'm finding that in my travels and playing that even younger people respond to soulful house music they're like wait a second and it it they're like I've never thought about this when I see a young kid from Switzerland who's in his 20s bringing talcum party, talcum powder to the dance floor party so he can dance. I'm like, excuse me, who taught you that? <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Because when you listen to house music, no matter where you are, it automatically changes your mood. It alters your perception of things. Absolutely. Because it's open. Yes. This, there, although there is the structure of music, it just opens the whole world for you. Yeah. And anyone can relate to that. And anyone and everyone wants that. Yes. And I think the great thing you said too about the party and the dancers that the DJs know when there are certain dancers that are there and they're moving or grooving, they know that they're on point. Or sometimes at the sound factory, you know, you could have the muscle boy section over here, you could have the girls doing one way, and if they weren't doing runway, if they weren't doing kicks, if they weren't feeling it, you, the music was noticeably, it wasn't at the right level. And you could see they would sit there and just sort of be patient and do maybe vocal a little bit, but once it kicked into that next gear, they let loose. And so you always need that feeling. There's always been that feeling to me that with house, nobody's marginalized. And when the people that seem the most marginalized come in and are feeling it, then it's like, oof, the roof is blown off. That's right. That's right, and you have your speaker dancers. The yes. people, they don't dance on the speaker, they dance with the speaker. Yes. Because of the whole entire vibration that you get from the music yes. comes through that like a heartbeat. Yes, totally. Wear earplugs, be safe. <laughs> That's right. Save your hearing. Yeah, save your hearing, it is important. But I do remember, because I would get on the speaker sometimes, and but also being by the speakers when you feel the hair blow on your skin. You know, right. just stand straight up and pulse with the music. It was just incredible to me. Now, when you write, I'm sure you have a notebook or notebooks, but then you also must think of something like, do you record into the phone? Like you start speaking a poem, the words just come through, or do you go to paper first or voice? I, my default is paper. Okay. Uh, to me, there's a very personal relationship between the words and the paper. Okay. They come to life on paper. Of course, you know, when you don't have paper around you, I usually use my digital devices and I write it down and Got then I'll take it okay. and create a whole other idea. Got or it. maybe an idea will happen in a moment and then I'll forget about it. Uh -huh. Or I'll be inspired up to a certain section and then I'll come back to it. Got but it. the recording of, of it comes after the piece is completed. Got it. Because it's like, uh, like the wedding. Yes. Where you marry the music with the poetry. Yes. And there are instances where I will record dry lyrics, um, 
But those are very rare, and that has to be something that's truly inspired to happen. Got it. When you say record dry lyrics, you mean just... No music. Just okay. like for myself. Like right now, I put some poems on, uh, on Bandcamp, mm -hmm. uh, specific theme poems that have no music to them. So those are dry poems. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Because I find it fascinating, like if the words come to, to me, I hear music in my head. And song, usually without the lyrics, but maybe some kind of melody, but the bass line and strings are all there, and I've got to sing it into my phone to remember it somehow. And sometimes words as well, I'll start saying them into the phone, just so I have some sort of idea of what I'm doing. And then, I don't like writing, but I'm realizing the importance of it. You know, especially when yeah. it comes to lyrics. Right, and if it's something you want to remember in the moment, the best way to do it is to write it down. Got it. Because that, again, that personal relationship between your brain, your hand, and the paper. Got it. It brings it to life. Mm -hmm. At least for me, it does. It makes sense. It makes total sense to me. All right. We're going to continue with the show right now. And we've got Closer. This is DJ Spinner. And you're listening to Call Me Clean.
poetics. That's ending in IX, X for sexy, okay? Don't forget <laughs> it, y'all. <laughs> Too funny. All right, now, this next track is not one of hers, but it's by one of her favorite composers at jazz. And it's called Track 9, Mix 1. Now, I love how he just names this stuff Track 9, Track 10, you know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, because he, I guess he's got so much stuff that laying around. But you remember each one, I do, that I hear. What is it about him that you love about his music? He's not trapped by expectation. Uh-huh. Um, I've heard some of his tracks. He's done some ambient, he's done some jazz. Um, very heavy house music. One of my favorite tracks is uh, Forever. Um, and it's always, there's always a different element about what he does. Uh-huh. Uh, there's, and I've, I've met him, I've had the fortune to meet him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not at all what you think. You never know what goes behind someone's, what ha- what's happening behind someone's eyes. Uh-huh. And to have him bring to life some of the emotions through his music uh-huh. that I have felt at one point or another. Yeah. Although he may not identify it the same way, I can identify to the music, or I can identify with him through the music. Exactly. And that's, I keep coming back to his music. Just keep coming back to it. There's always the draw there for that. Yeah. I heard him, well, I have to, it happens to me so many times in house music where I fall in love with the producer, but don't know I'm falling in love with that particular producer's music because I haven't identified who they are yet. It happened to me with Masters at Work. I could sing some of their songs backward and forwards to you, but without having read the record back then when I was going out, if you said Masters to Work at me, I would have been like, who? Masters to Work? I would have shrugged my shoulders, but I knew all of their stuff. And then when the light bulb goes off, click. Same thing with that jazz. A lot of his records were in my podcast before I really started to follow him. And then I would follow him on Track Source. And I had the pleasure of hearing him in, uh, it's more than a pleasure, it was awesome hearing him at Sunset in Croatia. It's a soulful house festival for those of you that don't know. And hearing any DJ that you like on the open water in Croatia is just mind blowing. But sonically, he was just so rich. And he offered Afro sounds, techno sounds, but it was all funky. And I love how he takes certain things that, if he plays a certain synthesizer sound, you might by itself, you think, oh, it's techno, or that's really rave. But when he incorporates it into his tracks, you're like, that's funky. And, and that's at jazz. That's it. That is him. Really, how he he works, guys. Um, just fascinating. I know he also composes for television and commercials and a little bit of film, I believe. But um, I was just so happy that you mentioned his name because he really is worthy of all of your anybody out there listening. He's worthy of your time and your money. And speaking of which, when you go on Call Me Cleave and you download an episode or you go to the website, all of the songs that are in the podcast are right there on your phone. And I'll have links to Rescue Poetics' website and information about all the tracks you've heard, even the ones we've talked behind the scenes that we're talking over. Because listen, if you like it, buy it. Support independent artists. It's all a business. It is, you know, and people understand. People put their lives into these, to making music, and it's, there's this saying MIDI. MIDI is electronic equipment, how it talks to each other, but musicians say, Musicians in debt indefinitely because they are always, right. <laughs> they're always up Very to true. dating their stuff, buying the newest equipment, the computer, updating it, 
getting a new microphone, you name it. So we love you out there for listening to the podcast. Go to Track Source or iTunes or Juno Download. But if you like it, buy it and show your artists love. And when they go on tour, if you like the DJs, when they come, go. Or I say travel and go see them. It's worth every dollar and minute that you spend to go. Absolutely, because I have to tell you, um, I travel for house music. Okay. Um, I've traveled to the UK, I've been to Vancouver, to Toronto, to Mexico, um, and there's no limit. If it's a festival, if it's people that I want to get to know or want to hear or build a relationship with, uh-huh. I'm going. Good for you. Okay. And is there anyone that you haven't gone to yet that you have your eyes on? Sunset Beat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, my, it's my favorite. And I've got to go to more, you know, but that one just sets such a high standard for me. It's like, to anybody that doesn't know, it's like camp for people who love house music. That's there right. are DJs everywhere, three or four stages besides the boat parties, playing hour, two hour long sets. There's Barbarella's, the nightclub, there's music all of the time. And they have a great hip hop and R&B set as well when they play. I heard Jazzy Jeff play one year and it was fantastic. I mean, when you're wondering how this person got Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder acapellas, you're like, but when you hear what he does and the mashups, it's fantastic. And the people are lovely. Absolutely, it's just phenomenal. Tell me about the festival that you're working on for this summer in Maryland. Uh, House on the Waterfront. Yes. It's actually the third year that this is happening, and it's a collaboration and a partnership with Cyber Jams Internet Radio. Uh, hi, Sammy Rock. And uh, Real Woman House. Hi, Catherine. DJ House Cat, La Gata del Fuego. Uh, and myself. Uh, Catherine had this idea to have a festival, something that they don't, they haven't had down in her area in Maryland. Uh-huh. And she found this incredible park, and we just put together the idea. The first year was just an amazing feedback. Mm-hmm. It uh, started as a three-day affair. The first night is a poetry open mic meet and greet, which mm-hmm. I produce, called Just That Sound. And then Saturday, um, typically the last few years have been a boat party, a partnership with uh, Ildemar of Montage mm-hmm. down in D.C. And then on Sunday, it's on the actual waterfront in Bladensburg. There's a uh-huh. park, and it's a beautiful gazebo and it's right on the water, and the vibe is just incredible. Okay. And it, uh, the first year we did a whole health and wellness segment, uh-huh. which we're going to eventually branch off into its own day. And then uh, the music and some performances and some vendors, food vendors and such, and it's just such a beautiful vibe. Uh-huh. Incredible. So here we are three years later, uh-huh. And it looks like it's going to be a four-day festival this year. Great. And we are trying new things, looking to do new things, and looking to expand the reach and bringing in the local talent mm-hmm. to perform. And that's one of the focuses of House on the Waterfront, is to make sure that you know your local talent, uh-huh. support your local talent, yeah. hire your local talent. Yes. Um, in addition to using your support network that you have, mm-hmm and utilizing everyone, every, everything everyone has given uh-huh. to that support network yes. and showing appreciation by putting them on or hiring them or yeah. um, having them involved in some sort of way. Yes, it's so true, it's so true. Because you never know how far somebody is away from you. People, I think, whether it's another city or London or the way people, outsiders look at New York, like I've got to get there. 
and then it'll happen. But it's like, no, make it happen right where you are. That's why That's this right. is Jersey City in the house. That's right. That's <laughs> now, what do you think it is that makes Jersey City's house sound a little bit different from, let's say, Brooklyn or Manhattan, which you hear? Or is there a difference? Because it's so we're so connected. I think it's um, it's all connected in one form or another. You have DJs um, that come from New York into Jersey City to play, and DJs from Jersey City because there are a lot of DJs in Jersey City yeah. uh, that go out and perform in other places, and there are a lot of studios in Jersey City also. Um, and it's although the parties aren't as heavy as they used to be here in Jersey City. Uh -huh. There have been some changes because of the change of society and uh, the change of the neighborhoods, and that's going to affect everything. Yes. We've had some great spots closed down. Mm -hmm. um, the only nightclub in Jersey City was only around for two years. Got it. Uh, and that makes a big difference. People right. think house music, they think it's a violent thing. They think it's uh, loud. They think it's huh. because they don't understand it. Because Got they're it. standing from the outside looking in. Got it. Uh, so places like Brooklyn and New York, Manhattan, and even those places have changed quite a bit with right. who, what venues support house music. Because house music is not a drinking uh, vibe. No, you're dancing. Right, you're <laughs> dancing. And, um, and it comes down to the bottom line. If a venue's not making money from your party, they're not going to want to have your party there. Exactly. And that makes sense, but then that also limits us to where we can do things. And then Absolutely. when you find a place you can do something, then they see successful. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying they as in the man. Mm -hmm. See <laughs> successful. And then they want to come in and dictate everything else that you, you've done to make it successful to, to then either quash it or to take as much out of it as they can. Right. So then that becomes a situation of, okay, we're not making money as it is. Um, so what do we do? Do we keep going? Do we not keep going? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, New York went through that, I think, with, with Rudy Giuliani, when it began to change and it became more about high-end real estate development, all of the places that were basically designated as dancing spaces closed down. You lost a lot of those places in the West 20s. Right, perfect example, Sullivan closed down. Uh, Santos Party House closed down. Uh, you had Meridian 21 closed down. And those all happened one right after the other. Uh -huh. And those weren't the only places that that's happened to. Yeah. Then you have the outdoor spaces like Soul Summit in Brooklyn, where there used to be a summer full of house events. Right. And then I think it was just relegated to one Park. or two. Yeah. And then that got shrunk even further. And then you have places in Harlem that were doing house events, and then Sunday sermon, situation. right? Sunday sermon, and then what happened? Uh, okay, well, no, that's not available anymore. Right. So then it becomes a situation. Okay, it's not what the outsiders think it is, but then they're only an outsider if they don't understand it. So right. then, how do you change their mind? Right. We have to invite them to the party. <laughs> that's right. Invite everybody to the Every party. party. Yeah, exactly. And I think. Um, the bright spot for me is, and I'm just gleaning this as well, I heard Louis Vega, Louis Vega talking about Brooklyn and how many clubs have opened up there, whether it's Output, you know, and or Starview. And it's amazing to me that it's actually, that it is, it's a burgeoning scene. I have to remind myself of this view I have of New York as being almost dead to house music spaces. It's not. It's just, 
I've got to cross two rivers now instead of one. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> to go exactly here, right. but I, but it's totally worth it. Um, have you been to the Georgia City House Festival when they have one here during the summer in Lincoln Park, or is it the Lincoln Park Festival? It'll usually be May or June. Uh, the Lincoln Park Festival that happens, not the one here in Jersey City. I've been to the Lincoln Park one in Newark. Okay. Okay, because there's a Lincoln Park there as well. Oh. Uh, I worked actually with uh, Soulful Cipher here in Jersey City uh -huh. and to do events on the pier. Mm -hmm. um, Wise Rodriguez, uh, Wicked Wise, Art Flava, and St. Sanchez, who are all Jersey City residents and um, have been here forever. Uh, we all got together one night or one day and Wise had the idea to do these events to bring house music to the community in Jersey City on the pier. And amazing response and amazing success. And like with everything, um, it grew in other avenues and other paths and other mm -hmm. people saw the potential of affecting the community as well. Mm -hmm. But since then, the pier has been closed for whatever reason, for reconstruction and other things. And um, Again, it limits where you can have events. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, the festivals are fantastic. The summer here on the East Coast, you have Central Park, you have Brooklyn, you have Jersey, things happening all over the place, and there mm -hmm. are new, constantly new developments, yes. new things happening. Yeah. I'm also hearing there's a little scene down in Asbury Park. I have yet to go, but Chef Pettibone, a world-renowned remixer and producer who worked with Madonna in the 80s and 90s, mostly has opened a hotel there and I'm hearing little blips on my speaker are coming up like come down to Asbury Park for the weekend. That's right. There's also another festival that happens um, and I don't remember the name of the town that it happens in but it's uh, run by Magic mm -hmm. out of uh, New Jersey. He's the producer of that event and it's a weekend long event and it's extremely successful. He brings in uh, local DJs as well as DJs from other areas to feed the house music scene. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, here we go with another hot track in the background. I love it. It's called It Can Be. And this talks about what house music is, y'all. So if you don't know, now you know. You're listening to Call Me Cleave. See, it could be on the east. It could be on the west. It could be in Europe. It could be in Asia. It doesn't even matter, really. video of another country getting right into it that's house music man so let's uh try this again for those who didn't get it all right come on you can go east or you can go west we can turn up we can never turn down you can find it here you can find it there it can be deep it can be a sound it can be loud make you lose control it can be techno or afro it can be a song or a track you like it can be a dance or a club at night it's sort of something that makes you move that sets the mood A DJ who plays this tune A system to hear the kick in the boom It could be me and you, uh Everyone try to explain it I mean, I don't know how many more Explanations and definitions we need The bottom line is House music is you I mean That's the only definition that makes sense Because there's so many shades of it So many different styles so many different places it comes from. So many different colors and races, different sexes, ethnicities. You could be gay or straight. 
Yeah. Work that body. 
This is Call Me Clean. Some it is, and it's how you blend. But a lot of the guys use these turntables and CD decks and like CD samplers. They're like hip hop DJs for the house, and it's freaking phenomenal to watch when you're there because you just like this feels like you're in the Bronx. Do you know what I mean? This is the people in the park back in the day, but it's it's house music, and it's, I just love that they bring that creativity to their live show. I'm with Besky Poetics. And in the background right now, we've got Pixelated, one of the songs he's worked with, with Fotis Mentor, Manos? Yes, out of Greece. Okay. And Pixelated, what's it about? That's actually a piece that I worked with uh, Lana Rose, who's a Jersey City poet. Um, she's an amazing artist, an amazing poet, and we had an idea to talk about the connection of life and uh, how you deal with things and how you're affected by them. And this piece um, is about that. And Fotis is very uh, focused on the substance of a song uh -huh. uh, because he's an artist's producer versus a DJ producer. Okay. Um, 
but he writes a piece like this one, uh, you can hear that it's written for an artist. And you can, like, it was easy to write to. Uh-huh. Because he puts the ins and the outs, the highs and the lows, and the vibe for you to become enveloped in it. Got it. And uh, create Got it. within it. Now, interestingly, and don't have, not looking to name names here, but give me an example of the reaction you might have, to say, to a producer who's more DJ-oriented. His track might not give you the same inspiration because it's more beat-driven and there's not as many changes. Is that... It, it tends to be more full. Uh, it tends to be written for the dancer. Because uh, as a producer writes, the idea is to attract attention to your work. Uh, and if you're a producer and a DJ, you write for the people you want to attract, which would be the dancers. Mm-hmm. And it tends to be fuller and not so much open space to work with as a vocalist. Got you. Got you. There's more, you're competing with more instruments, more percussion, right. more things like that. Got it. Okay, yeah. I've heard that commentary sometimes too with other writers and tracks depending on what it is people have said you already have an idea in here because you've got such so much orchestration like the melody must is brewing in your head somewhere so let's figure out what that is and i'm like wow so there's a trick sometimes to i find that how much i give an artist when we start working together like i may have a fully fleshed thing out but i don't want that to interfere with their writing process so i'll taper some of that down and then bring it in they're like oh yeah this is cool and this i like it but it's just it's, I understand exactly what you mean by that. And it tends to be a little bit different for a singer versus a poet. Uh-huh. Because as a singer, your voice is your instrument. As uh-huh. a poet also, but your voice can then exceed what's the, what the instrumentation is. Uh-huh. Okay? Whereas a poet, you have to find the spaces in there to have your voice heard. Yes. And when you have an open track like this one, the spaces are there. Right. And then you can build anything else around it. Exactly. Exactly. That's what comes first. All right. Now, in this case, did he have his track written? In, did you have the poem first or the track first? The track first. Um, he. This is actually part of an EP where I worked on with uh, Tantra Zawadi, who's a spoken word artist also, uh-huh. and a poet, and uh, Julia Makeda, who are an acoustic singing pair, and they do poetry as well. And we put an EP together, he sent us songs, we selected the song that we wanted to write to, uh-huh. and then it all came together. Great, okay, that's that's awesome to know for people. So you hear it out there, that's how people collaborate, folks. Those of you that make tracks, look for spoken word artists, and vice versa, spoken art, word artists, look for producers to work with, it's out there. Has there been any tracks where someone wrote around your poem, they heard something that you had done, and were like, wait a second, I love that idea. Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, my first introduction to Cyber Jam's uh, record label was that mm-hmm. I sent uh, Sammy Rock a piece called Resist, mm-hmm. and he built or had the producers uh, build around the vocals versus the music, then the vocals. Got it. Um, in a lot of instances, I have the music first to write. Uh-huh. But there are some instances, of course, because I'm writing all the time, where I have a piece and then I'll hear the song and I'd say, okay, well, this poem will go perfect with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You got a match. Okay.
special snippet for you guys here. It's gonna be coming on in a second. You mentioned the other um, producers that you've worked with. The one coming up is Phil Hooten? Yes, Phil Hooten is out of the UK. Okay, and Marie Tweek. She is also an incredible singer. Uh, she's worked with the Rurals. She has a long history of writing and singing, and she's an incredible human being. Uh, Phil is an incredible human being as well. Uh -huh. um, I was fortunate enough to be introduced to both of them, Marie through Phil, and Phil through Cyber Jams, because he had a radio show. Uh -huh. And we did a song together, or actually he did a mix on a song of mine, um, and then we built a friendship and we decided we were going to record an album together. Mm -hmm. And this song here is part of that album that's okay. to be released on his label called Rapture Tracks. And when can we expect that out? Uh, we don't have a date yet, but I would say probably toward the end of this year. Okay. All right. In the background, remember where you heard this first. This is called The Sun Is Gonna Shine. And it's Rescue Poetics and Marie Tweet, produced by Phil Hooten. Shine, featuring Rescue Poetics and Marie Tweek. This is Call Me Cleave, and I'm in the studio with Rescue Poetics. And the song in the background now is called Equalizer. And this was produced by Robert Bash Tomchik. Okay. Tell me about Equalizer. Oh, well, this was incredible. Um, this producer, Robert, approached me to do, and this is part of an EP as well, uh, called Daytime Dreaming. And he sent, me the, he sent me the music to three tracks, and each one is different. And each one had a different vibe. Like if you listen to Equalizer, it's very powerful, very, rather dark um, and deep. It pulls something out of you that you don't expect it to pull out of you. Um, and that's where Equalizer comes in, where, and it's a, a, poet, a political piece in a way. All right, in the background, the equalizer. 
Santos Kedris, the John Cutler Distant Music Instrumental. And it's very important to us right now that you understand why I'm playing this song called Choice after we heard Rescue Poetics' track called The Equalizer. Talk to me about politics and what's going on for you right now. Politics. Uh, I tried to stay away from politics and poetry. Uh, however, that's difficult, becomes increasingly more difficult to do. Um, someone said to me once that our job as poets is to tell the truth. And you can't tell the truth if you don't include politics in that. And there are so many changes. This world is so affected by so many things. And we're seeing it more and more every day where the things you and I grew up in knowing in this country are being disassembled every day. Yes. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but how it's being brought about is destructive to our state of peace and serenity. Yes. And growth. Um, where this country was built on certain principles and although one can argue the value of those principles that this country was built on, mm -hmm. this is still a country and we're still growing and developing. Mm -hmm. And one of the strongest things that this country forced or voluntarily was created by immigration. Right. Um, this was originally supposed to be a prison country where uh -huh. the UK dumped everybody that it didn't want over here. They went to Australia. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And that's how Australia came, came to out. Me. But there were people here already. Yes. And um, there's a long history that people don't like talking about. And now that history seems to be reliving itself because this country now is being destroyed by its leadership. Yes. Or lack of leadership, I should say. Yes. And we're so involved and so taken by the media and the influence the media has on our daily lives and our decisions mm -hmm. that we are losing touch with one another and losing touch with ourselves and uh, Equalizer is talks about that that music is an equalizer that we as humans are equalizers mm -hmm. our connection to one another mm -hmm. I wrote another piece called uh, Welcome to America that talks about that as well uh, how this country was built on the poor, the downtrodden, but now we're told to put up gates and to tell on one another. Right. So that's, uh, those things are scary in and of itself. Right. And then we're welcoming into our homes things like uh, the smart speaker, where we're welcoming the intrusion, intruders where otherwise we wouldn't have done it before. We're welcoming those intruders to our right. home by no, our own free will. No Alexa in my house. I need it. Did you <laughs> see the article about her laughing her randomly? laughing at people, but it's also, somebody brought up a great point that the software and the hardware is in the cloud. It's not actually on the device. The device Correct. itself is just like a brick with a microphone in it. Everything that is doing all the calculating is done in the cloud. And not so only that, it goes across several servers. It's not only a single server. Right. Where then that, that information is disseminated to other places. Just like uh, you're paying for internet and cable, everything, everything that's on your browser, your internet company has access to, and then can break it down and sell that information or use that information for other purposes. Right. VPN, y'all, virtual private network. If you don't know what it is, look it up on Google. Get yourself one, <laughs> okay? You don't, if you have concerns about Big Brother, then by all means, you need to look at that because that will allow you to browse 
privately and go where you need to go without you worrying about the cable company looking at where you're going. And just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not watching you. There you go. There were also, also the, um, I saw Snowden, I saw the movie, and when he told people to tape their laptops, I went right ahead and did it. I went one step further and I did it on my phone. The camera? Yeah, the camera is covered on my phone. Wow. I'm finding that the microphone, I'll have a discussion about somebody about building a business, and then all of a sudden in my Facebook feed the next day, this is a seminar about building your own business, and I'm like, how did that happen? Because I think the Facebook Messenger microphone setting, so it's Well, when you allow, you allow, it gives you, it asks you to allow your microphone to be used for a different bunch of different purposes. Right. And when you allow your microphone to capture your voice, it captures everything around you. Absolutely. So watch what you say, where you say it, how you say it, because you don't know who's listening these days. And if you don't want your conversation recorded, turn off your phone completely. There you go. <laughs> All right, up next, I've got one of my favorite songs. Well, one of everybody's favorite song. It's Deep Inside. That's Barbara Tuckle's voice, but this is a different remix. The Shadow Child remix came out this year. And of course, there's very few times when you hear one of your top five house songs remixed and you have the same or the same amount of love and reaction to it and you love the new interpretation of it. It's not that different, but it's different enough. Makes the hairs on your arms stand up, doesn't there it? There you go. <laughs> Deep down inside with Call Me Cleave and Rescue Poetics. Deep, 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 deep,
And we've got some shout outs for our Jersey City folk. Who'd you want to hit up? Well, I want to make sure I give a shout out um, to Jersey City Puerto Rican Heritage Arts and Culture. Um, I was involved, I got involved in that organization last year and it's a Puerto Rican heritage organization bringing back, bringing us back to our roots, I should say. Okay. And being first generation Puerto Rican here, um, that's very important because growing up, my parents didn't want me speaking Spanish in the house. Um, they wanted you to assimilate? Assimilate, because you know, if you had an accent, then you're a second class citizen. Got it. But one thing, that I'm a very strong supporter of is being bilingual or multilingual because uh -huh. we need that in this world today. Absolutely. And um, I love my heritage. And uh, I want to make sure that everybody knows that. Good. And uh, also shout out to Jersey City Arts Council. Mm -hmm. I'm in, on the executive board there and that's a not-for-profit organization helping the Jersey City local artists uh, and venues. And it's a, quite an undertaking. Um, and. I'm head of the Literary Arts Committee, and we're putting together a Jersey City Poetry Festival, which is going to take place uh, toward the end of April for National Poetry Month. And involved in that organization is uh, JC Slam, uh, Jersey City Writers, uh, local artists, uh, civics for the emerging activists, um, Soulful Cipher, as well as uh, Bradford James, I don't know if you're familiar with him, Seed Recordings. No. He's actually here in Jersey City. Okay. And his fantastic wife, Maureen Taylor, who is a yoga instructor. And um, it's going to be an amazing event. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to uh, David Castellano from Deep Spirit Recordings. Um, he's my brother in music and my brother mm -hmm. in life. And he comes, uh, tries to come every year to New Jersey because he loves New Jersey. And we're fortunate we're going to have him here uh, for a few weeks. And nice. uh, he's, if you want to talk to somebody about the embodiment of house music, he is definitely it. Because he started just listening and then took it on and became a DJ. And now he has his own record label and mm -hmm. is in the process of production. And this is a man who gives his lifeblood for house music. Uh, okay, we love that. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, the Jersey City Public Library, JCPO, that's where we met. That's right, yes. And so I know Kurt Harris is over there. What's up, Kurt? And I forget the couple of the names, people that are over Shane. there. Shane. Yes. Shane is out there, and there are a few other people um, in the different areas. So yeah, support your local library, man. Take out books, support Absolutely. the events. You know, you can do what you gotta do. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Friggin' Fabulous Studios, Friggin' Fabulous Productions, and Nick Ciavara. He has um, been my staple studio ever since I got started. Um, he's an amazing Jersey City proponent of arts, and he's been in the scene for a very long time. Uh, he has a studio, he's a voiceover actor, uh, and he's my voiceover coach. Okay. And um, he's just an amazing human being. All right. You're listening to Call Me Cleave, and in the background, that's Crack is at, and the track is Sundial. Keep it tuned, but you got it.
Where do you go for the best in house music? Call me clean.
call me Cleave, and I'm in the studio with Rescue Poetics. And the next track up we have is called Sands of Africa. Now, you were just telling me about this track. Go ahead and lay, lay it out for me as the beat comes in. Well, this track started as an idea uh, during a conversation with uh, the, one of the producers, Basil Oldman. I got hip to him and his music uh, through TrackSource, always scouring for music and new sounds and stuff, mm -hmm. for myself. Um, and a lot of producers are hit or miss, and he's more hit than miss. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's been a song that he's created that I really haven't enjoyed. And when he puts a DJ set together, it's just powerful. Um, I was fortunate enough to interview him and do a write-up on him for a website called 1200 Dreams. And Sands of Africa actually started as a conversation. Uh, at the time he was living in Montreal and there was lots of snow. I think it was like feet, feet 21 feet of snow. And he was saying how much he hated the snow and how he was tired of shoveling. And then we talked about his home, Algeria, and how the snow could then be like the Sands of Africa. And it just picked up from there. Now, originally, I was going to put some words in Arabic, but I couldn't quite get it, my tongue wrapped around it, so I said, let me just leave that part of it. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he then uh, hooked up with a couple of producers in Santorini, and uh, then they created Trinity. And this release, Sands of Africa, every time I hear it, the music and is just amazing. All right, you heard it. Sands of Africa featuring Rescue Poetics on Call Me Cleave. There is a bit of sweetness in her essence, life and death, grain, slipped in fingers of the young, yet she remains strong. The balance, when winds shift, move her to shapes that otherwise wouldn't exist. She moans under the moon, laughs at the light, changes from dusk to sunrise. Her heart steadily pounds, repeating words her own. There is no epic existence and a solitary grave. 
as one on another next to another a vessel story. Las arenas de África no tienes que pensar en lo que haces de momento a momento. Siempre viviendo con cada cambio viviente. Si supiera lo que das y lo que llevas, no paras. Nunca. Even with her bittersweet essence, share secrets of lives long gone, or bled from her veins. The blood and tears of the people leave her just the same. Strong, delicate, and determined. Within the sands of Africa are lives never mentioned in books. Writing of lost tribes to her surface. She's embraced them into a new life. An existence that once took a millennia to build with worry and strife. The mask of civility is left behind when she calls you home to her. None more lost than those who don't respect her power most. Las arenas de Africa. The sands of Africa with her bittersweet essence. <laughs> I've really enjoyed this episode working with you and listening to this and look forward to working with you in the future the and thank you for being the first artist to come on Call Me Cleep and do a live interview Oh, my pleasure and honor it's been a lot of fun thank you you're quite welcome that's right y'all whatever you're up to whatever you're doing we know you've the enjoyed these two hours keep moving keep pushing persevering in your life whatever it is that you choose to do and resist what you see around you that does not make sense no limits the sands of africa the sands of africa